J.C. Ryle's Devotional Thoughts on the Gospel of Luke Section 46 Jesus Calms the Storm Luke chapter 8 verses 22 through 25 Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. The event in our Lord's life described in these verses is related three times in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all inspired to record it. This circumstance should teach us the importance of the event and should make us give the more heed to the lessons it contains. We see firstly in these verses that our Lord Jesus Christ was really man as well as God. We read that as he sailed over the lake of Gennesaret in a ship with his disciples, he fell asleep. Sleep, we must all be aware, is one of the conditions of our natural constitution as human beings. Angels and demons require neither food nor refreshment. But flesh and blood, to keep up a healthy existence, must eat and drink and sleep. If the Lord Jesus could be weary and need rest, then he must have had two natures in one person, a human nature as well as a divine nature. The truth now before us is full of deep consolation and encouragement for all true Christians. The one mediator in whom we are bid to trust has himself been partaker of flesh and blood. The mighty high priest who is living for us at God's right hand has had personal experience of all the sinless infirmities of the body. He has himself hungered and thirsted and suffered pain. He has himself endured weariness and sought rest in sleep. Let us pour out our hearts before him with freedom and tell him our least troubles without reserve. He who made atonement for us on the cross is one who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. To be weary of working for God is sinful. But to be wearied and worn in doing God's work is no sin at all. Jesus himself was weary, and Jesus slept. We see, secondly, in these verses, what fears and anxiety may assault the hearts of true disciples of Christ. We read that when a storm of wind came down upon the lake and the boat in which our Lord was sailing was filled with water and in jeopardy his companions were greatly alarmed, they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to perish. They forgot for a moment their master's never-failing care for them in time past. 
They forgot that so long as they were with him, they must be safe, whatever happened. It is only too true that sight and sense and feeling make men very poor theologians. Facts like these are sadly humbling to the pride of human nature. It ought to lower our pride and high thoughts to see what a poor creature is man, even at his best estate. But facts like these are deeply instructive. They teach us what to watch and pray against in our own hearts. They teach of what we must make up our minds to find in other Christians. We must be moderate in our expectations. We must not suppose that men cannot be believers if they sometimes exhibit great weakness. We must not think that men have no grace because they are sometimes overwhelmed with fears. Even Peter, James and John could cry, Master, Master, we're going to perish. We see, thirdly, in these verses, how great is the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. We read that when his disciples awoke him in the storm, he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the waters, and they ceased, and there was a calm. This was, no doubt, a mighty miracle. It needed the power of him who brought the flood on the earth in the days of Noah, and in due season took it away who divided the Red Sea and the River Jordan into two parts and made a path for his people through the waters, who brought the locusts on Egypt by an east wind and by a west wind swept them away. No power short of this could in a moment turn a storm into a calm. To speak to the winds and waves is a common proverb for attempting that which is impossible. But here we see Jesus speaking and at once the winds and the waves obey. As man, he had slept. As God, he stilled the storm. It is a blessed and comfortable thought that all this almighty power of our Lord Jesus Christ is engaged on behalf of his believing people. He has undertaken to save each one of them to the uttermost, and he is mighty to save. The trials of his people are often many and great. The devil never ceases to make war against them. The rulers of this world frequently persecute them. The very heads of the church, who ought to be tender shepherds, are often bitterly opposed to the truth as it is in Jesus. Yet notwithstanding all this, Christ's people shall never be entirely forsaken. Though severely harassed, they shall not be destroyed. Though cast down, they shall not be cast away. At the darkest times, let true Christians rest in the thought that greater is he who is for them than all who are against them. The winds and waves of political and ecclesiastical trouble may beat fiercely over them, and all hope may seem taken away, but still let them not despair. There is one living for them in heaven who can make these winds and waves to cease in a moment. The true church, of which Christ is the head, shall never perish. Its glorious head is almighty and lives forevermore, and his believing members shall all live also and reach their heavenly home safely at last. John chapter 14 verse 19.
We see, lastly, in these verses how needful it is for Christians to keep their faith ready for use. We read that our Lord said to his disciples when the storm had ceased and their fears had subsided, Where is your faith? Well might he ask that question. Where was the profit of believing if they could not believe in the time of need? Where was the real value of faith unless they kept it in active exercise? Where was the benefit of trusting if they were to trust their master in sunshine only, but not in storms? The lesson now before us is one of deep practical importance. To have true saving faith is one thing. To have that faith always ready for use is quite another thing. Many receive Christ as their Saviour and deliberately commit their souls to Him for time and eternity, who yet often find their faith sadly failing when something unexpected happens and they are suddenly tried. These things ought not so to be. We ought to pray that we may have a stock of faith ready for use at a moment's notice and may never be found unprepared. The highest style of Christian is the man who lives like Moses, seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27. That man will never be greatly shaken by any storm in life. He will see Jesus near him in the darkest hour and blue sky behind the blackest cloud.